Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, we're so glad that you're all here today at Transforming Life Church. I'm Kyle Judah, and I'm your lead pastor here. And uh, and man, I'm excited about what God is doing uh, here today. Hey, I want to celebrate just uh, real quick. We had a young lady that showed up uh, this week, and uh, she's kind of a little distraught in a bad situation, kind of living on the street a little bit, and, and uh, we were able to come alongside her. In fact, uh, Miss Irma was able to come and, and counsel with her and talk to her and, uh, and help her get kind of some direction and where she needed to go and get some help, and, uh, and that's the type of stuff that we want to uh, do and be available to do here at, at Transforming Life is to help those that, that need the love of, of Jesus, and I just wanted to celebrate that, celebrate Miss Irma for stepping in and coming uh, to the rescue, so to speak, and uh, it was awesome, uh, it was awesome to get to, to minister uh, to her. Hey, when I was about 19 or 20-ish, somewhere in, in that range, I remember um, I remember trying to, to figure out, like, finances and how to budget and balance all that type of stuff, and, and you know, it's not something that really teach a whole lot in, in high school, but I think they probably should, it's kind of a big deal, it's kind of important, and, and, but it's just, it's not, it's lacking there, and, and so, um, you know, I, I found myself having money, but not really budgeting very well. And, and you know, I, I didn't have a ton of bills. I think I had, I think I had a car payment, Yaks, obviously. And I can't remember if I had a cell phone yet or not. That was before the whole cell phone craze kind of was crazy. Um, and uh, so I can't remember. I may have had one then. But um, um, so anyway, so I, I didn't have a lot of stuff to, to kind of worry about. So so I I did kind of plan on on paying for those things, but. But then what was left over, I didn't really budget for that. It was just kind of whatever I wanted to do. If I wanted to go buy some new clothes, I would buy it. And I'd think twice about it. If I wanted to go hang out with friends, I would go hang out. And, and I wouldn't, I just didn't worry about it. And, and eventually it caught up to me. And in fact, I, I really, you know, I, I, I tipped God. I didn't really tithe. I, I kind of tipped him. I just kind of gave whatever I kind of had. And so, um, and so I, again, I, understand, I knew what tithing was. I knew about giving, but I just didn't take it that Seriously, and so I found myself, and many of you may have, have found yourself in this place before, uh, in a place where I had more money going out than what I had coming in, because I didn't keep track of it, I didn't balance it, I didn't, I didn't kind of worry with it. And there were times when I was scrimping together pennies and change that I had laying around in the car or the cushions of the couch, right? And, and I found myself scrimping that together to get, you know, something at McDonald's to eat, or, or even just a haircut, because back then you could pay five dollars. Back then, like it's so long ago, but. I'm not that old, but but really, you know, things have gone up uh, over the years. But um, but I'm scraping together change and coins and things like that just to pay for for little things. And I was like, wow, this this I'm out of balance. This is something's off. What's going on here? And so I began to look at at my finances and I began to look at things and and I started to learn what a budget is and how to how to put that together and how to how to plan things out and where 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 did where are my bills at? How do I need to? Those are, where, where's my thing with God? Like how it, it's kind of not existent, right? I'm just tipping God. I'm not really tithing or, or giving Him um, what I'm supposed to be giving. And, and so I learned to put that first, and then kind of keep track and balance uh, the rest of it out. And ever since then, ever since that moment, I've never been lacking. Now things have been tied at times. There, there's a lot of times where things have been paycheck to paycheck, but I've never, I've never been without. I've paid every bill on time ever since then. So you're talking 15, 16, 17 years, something like that. Every bill has been paid on time, and I'm not just bragging on myself. I'm bragging on, on God because I, I put Him first, and everything else balanced out. 
from there. And so today I want to close out on Thrive Series. You guys been enjoying Thrive Series? Listen, we've been in a, in a survival mode here at our church for a little while, and, and it's time to break that off, and it's time to, to thrive and step into the things that God wants us to um, here at Transforming Life. Um, and, and we've been encouraging you to, to share more, to serve more, and today we're going to talk about giving more. And some of you just clenched your wallet real tight because it's always talking about money. It's like, I'm giving, you know. Um, that was a joke, but kind of seriously. Um, so here's the deal. Today I want to bust a myth for you. Not bust a move, bust a myth. Bust a move, that would be totally ungodly. If you would. Yeah. Only if you dance like David danced in the presence of the Lord. Anyway, that was a Bible joke. Just, anyway, I'll keep moving. Um, here's the myth. We're going to bust this myth. That the church only wants our money. Many of us may have thought that before. We've certainly heard that. That people have that thought. That people think that. The church is always talking about money. We're not always talking about money. This is the first time I've actually really, really talked and taught on money since I've been here. Um, but the church is not all about your money. So we're going to talk about today, unpack that a little bit, and teach you some biblical principles when it comes to uh, your finances. Some of you got scared a little bit. I started talking about money, and, and you're, you know there's going to be a challenge to give and to give more. So some of you are like, oh, here we go. Pastor, talk about money. Don't ask us to give more. You know, some of you got scared. But I want you to relax, sit back. You know, I'm not sitting up here in my gold throne, all right? My wife's not going to come through the door with, with pink hair, and, and, and we're not going to try to sell you anointing oil for a love gift of $39, okay? We're just not going to do that. We're not selling healing water up here. Uh, we're not going to look at the live stream and say, God is stirring someone to give a $1,000 seed. We just sold that seed today. You know, we're not, we're not doing that, okay? Because that stuff is, is whack, and we're not, we're not doing that, okay? So relax. It's okay. It's okay. We can talk about this. But listen. In fact, all right, first of all, the idea that the church only wants your money, that's a lie from the enemy. He wants to keep you stuck, broke, busted, and disgusted. He wants to keep you out of church and give you every reason that you can for that. So, so that, let's just do that right now. That's a lie from the enemy that the church only wants your money. In fact, the church is the only place that is not after your money, believe it or not. The mall wants your money. Walmart wants your money. Publix wants your money. Outback wants your money. Apple, the Apple company, they want your money. Church is not after your money. In fact, we're the only place that you can come in and enjoy something without having to pay. You can come in and, and get a, a, a life-changing message for you. Uh, at least that's what we're praying it's going to be. Um, you can come in and, and you can enjoy great worship and, and, and God can move in that moment. Um, we even have food sometimes. We even have potluck dinners and, and hangouts and do different things. We even give you food at times that we don't charge for those things. There's no cover charge when you come in the door. We don't charge for a mission or, or any of that thing. Everyone is after your money, except the church, right? And, but here's the deal. Like, we want to thrive as a church. I mentioned to you that before. We want to thrive as a church. I don't want to be financially strapped to where we can't do ministry, to where we can't meet the needs of our community and come alongside of, of local schools and, and different organizations in, in our community and, and, and do things for people that come up to the door and are like, man, I don't know where to turn. People are coming to the door because they know the church is a place where God can, can move in their life. That's amazing. And we want to, we don't want to be in a place where, you know, we can't really afford to help you out. Sorry. Good, good luck. You know, but we don't, we don't want to do that. And we want to be in a place where we can do effective ministry. I, I want to make sure that all of our, our kids ministry, our kids ministry, our youth, our next generation, I want to make sure that they have everything that they need uh, to 
to have a life-changing experience through Jesus. Now, you know, yeah, we can just open the Bible and, and talk to them about that, but we can make it so much more than that. To, see, this is what I want from our, our kids. and our, I want them to beg their parents to come to church. Amen. I want them to beg their hey, because they have such a great time, and it's not just about fun, but they are kids, so remember that. But it's about them receiving Jesus in that fun type of atmosphere, in that fun type of way. But I don't want to be strapped by finances to be able to do that or to do anything here at our church. So we want to thrive. And not only that, I want you to thrive in your personal finances. I want you to thrive because, because when, when, when you're doing it right and you, you prioritize things with God first and, and then you, you've budgeted well, God will bless you not just in your finances but in all areas of your life. You will see those blessings open up. And we're going to talk about that uh, today when you put God first. I want you to thrive here in our church but also in your own personal finances. So now that we understand that the church is not just after your money, Let's look at a story that illustrates why we need to talk about money in the church. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Here's a woman that's in a, a desperate situation, financially, and she calls the prophet Elijah to come, and, and he was known, or excuse me, Elisha, I always get Elisha, she calls the man of God, the prophet, to come. She's in a, in, a, in, a, in a tough spot, in a heavy situation. Many of us have been there before. We've been in a, a tough financial spot, a tough situation in, in our life. So she calls the man of God in to come in because he was known for miracles and, 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 and a man of God and, 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 and praying for God to move in, in situations. And so she's like, well, I need that. So let's, let's call on this, this man. And so we pick that up here. Chapter 4, 2 Kings, verses 1. Seven. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing um, here. Excuse me, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it into one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There's not another jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Once again, we thank you for your word. I pray that it challenges us and, and speaks to us, God, and, and that, God, through it, through what we learn today, Lord, that we would draw closer to you. That we'd understand, well, this isn't just about money, God. It's about our hearts and where our hearts are at, God. And, and we need to put you first in our lives, in all areas of our life today. So, God, help us to understand that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, so here's three reasons that the church must talk. About money. The first is this the church must talk about money because it's out of control, right? You can look all around you, you look at our nation for a long time, money is out of control. This woman had a serious money problem. She had a serious financial situation going on. She said, Now the creditors are going to come to take my two boys as slaves. She was in a desperate spot, a desperate moment. Listen, America, Americans have a money problem. Our spending 
is out of control, right? And I'm not just talking, I'm not going to talk about the government, because everybody likes to point their finger at them. And this is not a governmental issue. This is a us issue, right? We need to point the finger at us, man. Spending money more than what we have. Buying things. That's what happened with the recession years ago. People were buying houses, and they didn't really have the money to buy those homes. And then when things went kind of haywire, just left people in, in a bad spot. Buying cars that... That, that are perfectly fine, but you still have a loan on, and then wanting the new upgrade, right? The newest model. I would love nothing more to get a 2018 Silverado in my driveway, y'all. But I got a perfectly good truck that's running fine. It's been paid for for a long time now. There's no reason for that, even though I'm praying that God will bless me. Yes, Lord. <laughs> it is getting too small. I've got two kids in the back, and my back seat's taken up by car seats right now, and my daughter's growing. Like crazy, and her foot is in the back of my seat. And apologies, but anyway, that's besides the point. Truck runs great. Have no problems with it. But we do that. We'll buy cars and get upside down on a loan just because we want the upgrade. Credit card debt, just charging things, it's out of control. Most people don't budget correctly. I would dare say that the average Christian's finances are are out of order because God doesn't get the first fruit; He gets the leftover. It's happened. We, we've all done that. We've all been in that place. But, uh, you know, there's a, the Christian financial guru, Dave Ramsey. He's, he's got this 10-10-80 principle. You, you tithe first at 10%. Then you put the, the other 10% away in savings or investing something. And, and then you live off the 80%. 75% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 95% of married couples fight about finances. 90% of divorced people say... Money was the leading cause of their divorce. The average 28-year-old is $66,000 in debt. Last year, the average American spent $1.22 for every dollar earned. 62% of Americans will retire with less than $10,000 per year income. I mean, the numbers don't lie. The, the statistics are staggering. Spending is out of control. Listen, bankrupts and divorce are great friends. Right? You, you, you can't spend more than you make and, and expect to live for a long period of time and survive that way. We've all made our share of choices, of bad financial decisions, mistakes, and, and hopefully you've learned from those. But, but this woman in, in our story today, in, in the passage, she was out of control. It was just a bad situation. Some of you drove your, your bad financial decisions to church today. Some of you might be living in a bad financial decision, right? Maybe you've got credit card debt for whatever reason. The average American has seven credit cards. I didn't get my first credit card until I got married when I was 28 years old. I'm not, I'm not bragging. I was just, I knew, I knew what was at stake there. I knew what would happen. But, you know, we got credit cards for emergencies, right? And then that sale pops up on, you know, you get, you get the email from the store you shop at. And it's like, ooh, come in and shop today. BOGO, you know, whatever. And then we end up. Not having that, so we put it on the credit card, right? Credit cards are okay. Yeah, you know, you need them to some extent, but man, we gotta, we gotta be careful. Careful with that. Some are in crisis, maybe. Making minimum payments, living paycheck to paycheck. It, it's easy to get out of control with our finances when they're not balanced, when, when God is not. First, I, um, my first car was a, a 1966 Ford Mustang. And I love that car, but it leaked every kind of fluid that it could possibly leak. And I was not much of a mechanic. My grandfather was, and he helped me out a little bit, but I just really didn't have the money. I really had intentions of one day really fixing that up and making it nice and, and that sort of thing, but, but I just never, I, it, was, it was a lot. And if you know about those type of cars, it, it just takes a lot, 
transmission fluid leak in every leak. But I have power steering in it now. I've driven an old Mustang like that that didn't have power steering in it, and that is it. That sucks, right? It, you're trying to. I had a buddy that had one. He had a '65, and man, that thing was crazy. But I had power steering fluid in it, but it leaked too. And the brake fluid leaked in this car, so I had to constantly keep a check on it. But there was one time that I was driving home, and I'm pretty sure it was home from something at church. Fortunately, it's over on the um, southeast end of, of Plant City County line, and I four that that way. I'm sorry, I'm getting my directions here. This step, but it was kind of that that side of town, so it was kind of some back roads that I were on. Unfortunately, there was not really anybody on the roads because I had to run some stop signs, y'all, because I was putting that pedal through the floor. Probably would have pushed through if I had pushed any harder. And uh, and it was I was it was scary, man. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of um, trying to leverage my acceleration in, in the right spots, to, and, and I had to run some stop signs. And I think by the time I got home, I took it easy and just coasted down the driveway. And I think I had to actually run into the fence a little bit to stop the car. It was crazy. It was crazy. That car was out of control, and just like that, so many times our finances get out of control. We're trying to pump the brakes, and we're trying to do everything that we can, but, but it's just, we're, we're leaking out, and it's just not, it's not working, but we have to get that back. We have to get that balance, and, and God has to be put first for us to have that correct balance in our life. The woman had a financial issue right here. She wanted the man of God. She called Elisha in to come in and bless her financially. so much of what we 
don't have. But man, God, God has blessed us. And He wants us to manage what we have. See, a myth in our society today is that if I just make a little bit more, then I'll be financially free. But listen, if you can't manage it now, if you can't budget now, if you can't God, give God what, what, what He wants now, then you won't do it when you have enough. Because you'll never have enough. We have to get this now. Financial freedom is not determined by how much you make. If you can't live on what you're making right now, you won't then when you think you have enough. Because your yearnings will always exceed your earnings. Your yearnings will always exceed your earnings. You'll always be wanting more. Don't, don't be living in a society. Aren't we like that? We always want more. Like the TV's not big enough. We want the next size up. And man, TV's are cheap now. But when I got married, uh, nine years ago, <laughs> nine years ago, um, we bought a, we got a lot of money, you know, at the shower, different things like that. Because we got married, people gave us gifts. We got a lot of money. And so we used that to get our first TV. And we got a 40-inch Samsung but it was like 800 bucks. And nowadays you can get like these really cheap and much bigger than that. We always want bigger. We always want more. We, we always want the latest model. People going out and spend $1,000 on the iPhone X. Craziness. You don't need that phone. The phone you have is perfectly fine. But people do that. They wait in lines and they spend hundreds. Of, but they make it easy for you. Because you can just make monthly payments on your phone. And you'll be able to, you, you still pay that $1,000 for it, right? They want your money. Church doesn't want your money. Everybody else does. But your earnings always exceed your earnings. What does the Bible say about all this? Okay? It says you should store up treasures in heaven, not on earth, right? Matthew 6, 19 and 20. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Luke 12, 16 through 21. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? How am I no place to store my crops? And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And, and then I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it be easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but not is not rich toward God. Listen, things don't last. The car breaks down. Something, God forbid, what happens to your house? The money runs out. We can't put our trust and hope in, in, in things because they don't last. But what does last are, are, are things of God. The kingdom of God is eternal. The things of, of God are eternal. They last forever. So why not Give, why not invest in something that will last forever? We, we give to kids' ministry because that has a lasting impact in their life. Now, they may wander as they get older. They may even step away from the faith. But they were taught and they know where to go back to. It has a lasting impact. We don't know. We may be training up the next missionaries, pastors, and evangelists over there that, that will have an impact on generation after generation after generation. We give. It's not just about, oh, i got to give my money today. No, no, it's, it's about investing in the kingdom, and that lasts forever. So, so yeah, we invest in the ministries here at our church. We, we make sure our kids are taken care of, our youth are taken care of. We believe in the next generation. We want to raise them up, give them life-changing experiences today. We want to invest in your life. We want to invest in families so that they, they grow. Because our community actually is better when families are intact and when they're whole and when they're thriving. So we want to invest, and we want to invest in 
life change so that when people come in and they don't know Jesus, they come and have a life-changing experience right here at this altar, and God moves in their life, and it changes their life, their family's life, and, and their future generations and their family to come. It's a, it's a long-lasting thing. We give to missions. Many of you sponsor a missionary here in our church. We give to missions because we believe in going out and carrying out the Great Commission all over the world. We give to these things. We partner with our community. We give to things like Christmas Joy and Christmas Time and, and the winds and what they're, they're doing with that, Roger and, and Rita. And, and we give to, to different needs in, in our community. And, 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 and it's, it's an investment. Not just about, all oh, the church wants my money. No, we, we, are, we are giving that to to see life change in people. We want to do more. We want to do more stuff. We want to do more in our community. We want to go on missions trips in, in the future. We want, to, we want to do more things. We want to be able to partner with more missionaries. We want to come alongside of some when they have, they have projects that, 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 that they need. And, and we just want to do more. We don't want to have to survive and be strapped, but we want to be able to thrive and, and do what God is calling us to do. The reason that you're here in this building is because people gave. People gave their blood, sweat, and tears. So that you can come in and have a place to experience God. People gave their, their money and they invested. Many sacrificed and gave so that we can have a place here to encounter God. We need to understand that, that we have to give first. Again, it's, it's that balance thing. It's that make sure we put God first. We have to give first. In the passions, the woman was asked to give first. What she had. She had that oil. She was asked to, to give first. Some people expect to reap before they sow. They want their finances blessed. They don't want to sober. Listen, I can get you guys pumped up right now. I can quote some scripture. And I can, I can get you guys excited. We could be jumping this place, y'all. But then when we talk about stuff like money or giving, like it's quiet. Like it's tense, right? Yeah, man, I want that shaking down, running together, running over, stirred up. I want that kind of stuff, too. Which, in fact, that scripture is always used for money, but that's actually used out of context when you use it for money. Because if you read the previous verses, it talks about giving grace and mercy. But it does work because it's a sowing and reaping principle. Whose oil was she supposed to pour? She didn't borrow from a neighbor. She didn't ask for the church's oil. It was her oil. She was asked to give first. It took faith to take that first step. I, I realize. I realize that things are tight and out of balance. On paper, it doesn't make sense to now give something when, when things just aren't adding up. I, I get that. I've been there. Many of us have been there. I get that. But man, this is the only place that God says to test them. This is the only place where, where, where we see God say, test me in this and see if I don't move in your mind. Yeah, it may be tight, but if you will trust me, watch me come through in your life. You might say today, man, I can't afford to give. Or maybe I can only afford to give a little bit. I, I say you can afford not to give. You say, I'm in debt. This woman was in debt, up to her ears in debt, so much so that the debtors were going to take... Her kids, some of you say you may have more, or if you had more, that you would give more. No, no, you wouldn't, because it's a principle, it's a discipline that needs to start now with what you have. Luke 16, 10 through 12, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? She had to give in order to be blessed. Her, her blessing was found in her giving. Until you let go of what you've got, God isn't going to release what he has. Until you let go of what, I mean, think about it. If you remember the miracle that happened 
with the fish and the loaves, right? You guys remember that story? That there was someone, uh, there, there was a crowd of people, of 5,000 people that they gathered, and, 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 and Jesus was teaching them, and, and, and someone walked up, and, and Jesus tells the disciples, here, take, there were five loaves of bread. My man had a little bit of Wonder Bread left in his bag. He had a little bit of Wonder Bread left in his bag, and he, he had a couple catfish. And Jesus says, here, feed the people, feed 5,000 people off this. The Bible says at the end of it, after they distributed to everybody, and everybody had had enough, there were 12 baskets of food left over. You might feel like you have a little, you might feel like you have a little bit of bread left in the pantry. You might feel like you've got just a little bit of meat in the freezer. But man, if you will trust God in this area of your life, watch and see how He will bless you. And not just financially. See, this is a matter of the heart. We're going to talk about that here. This is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of giving. When we say, I surrender all, when we sing that, do you really surrender all? Because this is one area that is in contention with our heart more than anything else. Are you willing to surrender all? Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing. There will not be room enough. Story. I believe if you can get this principle, that this will come true in your life. I believe if our church, if we can come together and do this thing together, that we will do more than just strive. We will see blessing upon blessing. And it's not even about the blessing, but it's about honoring God. And it's about seeing people come in here and experience Him. We will see God move in incredible ways if we can come together. Get this. If you want to thrive in your personal finances, get it in order. Put God First, if you want to thrive as, as a church, we have to put ourselves in a position to do so, which is increasing our level of giving. Listen, the, the church is the bride of Christ. Tithing is God's way of supporting the church. You're not just giving to just the church, right? Whatever you think that we do with the money. Okay. You're supporting the bride of Christ. That's, that's like us not tithing and me telling you to, to send my wife the tithe.
wants us to give us everything. Surrender our whole life. Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The tithe belongs to God anyway. It's a first fruits offering. We should be giving it to Him first. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crop. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing your vassal brim over with new wine. Honor God first, then your barns will be filled. You bring the tithe. We're not, we're not just giving it. We, we bring it because it's not ours to be given. It's God's, but He's already blessed us with it. We, we bring it back to Him. It's tithe. Number two, the offering. Offering is above and beyond the tithe. It is determined by you or, 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 or maybe something that God births. Uh, on your heart. And it's not maybe it's not even necessarily the church, but it's just something you feel God puts on your heart to give. My wife and I used to sponsor our world vision child years ago. We sponsored her up until their 18th birthday. Maybe it's something like that, or maybe it's some of you that, that support missions. You you know, the way we kind of do it right now is is many people sponsor a missionary here in, in our church or whatever it might be. Maybe you just want to give. Maybe you're just like, hey, you know, I just want to bless the youth ministry. And, and Caleb is like, yes, <laughs> where's he at? He's, he's raising the Raising the roof for Jesus. But, uh, you know, maybe you just want to bless the youth ministry. So you mark on your title. I want to give this extra to the youth ministry. The, the guy in the video was being funny, but he talks about how, oh, well, I, I gave to the Sunday school class to have donuts. No, that's not a tie. That's, that's an offering. That's something, something extra. It's determined by you or however God is leading. And then there's three. There's generous giving. This is, this is where we've been talking about see need, meet a need. If you see a need, you meet a need. You take care. This is like giving a car away. I know that's extreme, but, but God will bless you for it. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to give me your brand new truck. I'm not saying that at all. Pastor said to give me did not say that. But this are things like giving away cars, a large offering. Maybe you just feel like God is saying to, I've known people to give everything away. And God will return it back. Now this, I'm not, again, you need to filter this through the Holy Spirit in your life. And leave. I'm, I'm not telling anyone to go home and sell all your stuff, okay? If that's what God is leading you to do, you pray about it, and you do it. But that's what I'm talking about when I say generous giving. You're giving more beyond the norm. Worship team, you guys can come on up and get in place. And my third and final point is this. Here's the deal. Here's what it's all about, Mike. What it's it's really all about. The church must talk about money because it's a heart issue. It's it's a heart issue. Listen, we're, we're rich in America. If you don't think so, go to a, another country that's struggling. Go to a third world country and see how they're living. I've been to Haiti. I've seen them bathing in the ditch water and drinking out of the ditch water. I've seen conditions in, in other countries. You go, we're, we are blessed here in America. Whether you live in strap or in debt or whatever, we are still. But I mean, think about it. Sixty billion dollars is spent on weight loss a year. Only in America can someone struggle with poverty and obesity at the same time. <laughs> Listen, we all act broke, but we live in air-conditioned houses. We live in AC. Y'all, I've been to the Dominican Republic where, where we were we were fixing up a church we were painting and they had no power. They had to run it off a generator. And all they had was a ceiling fan and the windows open. Bro, it was hot in there, y'all. And we had the Holy Spirit moving in those services at night. We had revival services, and we were sweating, and the mosquitoes were biting. But you know what? We still had church. Some of y'all would get upset if the AC was broken here, and we was all sweating and fanning. Y'all church ladies know about the fanning, right? Yeah. And you're not just feeling the Holy Spirit. It's, it's just getting 
they don't play your song, we get thrown off. Oh, the spirit's quenched. I'm playing my song today. I can't worship. With all these conditions on everything. We, we, we are blessed in America. We drive our cars. doesn't matter if it's on his last leg or not. You still got a car. That's more than some people. You pick up your clothes. You eat your Pop-Tarts. You go to McDonald's. In America, we spend $12 billion a year on storage units. $40 billion a year on pets. Now, if you're pet people, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming down on you. If you have your pet, that's your loved one, that's okay. But they can be expensive. <laughs> Only in America, in this, era, in this era, do we upgrade. Do we get rid of perfectly good things just to get the newest and latest model. The iPhone is, is the best example of that. People going out, waiting in line, spending hundreds of dollars that they don't even spend. Or I'm like three or four generations behind. I'm like, I don't care. It works fine. I'm okay with that. I'm not going out and buying a brand new iPhone. That's just dumb. I'm sorry. That's, if you're offended by that, we'll pray for you later. <laughs> Listen. The church must talk about money because it's a hard issue. Money is the number one thing in competition with your heart. It's the reason why the minute I started talking, some of you cleaned tight to your wallet. Ladies, you pulled your purse real close. Some of you got the sweats. We're talking about cleaning church today. Oh, Lord, he's going to want me to give extra in the offering today. But it's the number one thing in competition with our heart. People are, people do some stupid stuff for money now. They'll sell their souls for money. I came across this article here in New Zealand. A, a, gen, a German reptile collector had been jailed for 14 weeks. I had to pay a $3,500 U.S. fine for plundering New Zealand's wild gecko and skink population. A judge had ruled that Hans Kurt Kurbis, 58, was caught by wildlife officials at Christchurch International Airport on South Island in December about to board an overseas flight with 44 geckos and skinks in a hand-sewn package, and get this, concealed in his underwear. The geckos may have been worth $2,800 U.S. each on the European market. People do some crazy things for money. So where you put your money is where your heart is. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Martin Luther said there's three conversions. There's the conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the pocketbook. So wherever you put your money is, that's where your treasure is. You put your money in your home, that, that's your treasure. If you put the money in your car, that, that, that's your treasure. If we put our money in the Lord, then, then that's where our heart is. And know this, every time when you give, every time when you give to God, every time when you give to the Lord, every time you tithe, every time you give a little extra, it draws you closer to Him. This is so much more than just giving. It's so much more than the church wanting your money. It's about drawing closer to God. It's about giving your heart. It's about surrendering to Him. Deuteronomy 14.23 The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. Why do people flip out about money in the church? Because it's an issue that someone meddles with. Someone is messing with their God. Luke 16.13 No one can serve two masters. Either one will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The woman brought the blessing back to God. You cannot outgive God. 
generous, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. At the end of the story, she had more than enough left over to live on. At the end of the fish and loaves miracle, there was more than enough. Will you trust in God that he will be more than enough for you? Life apart from God, we're always going to be, there's always going to be an emptiness. There's always going to be something lacking. We in and of ourselves and on our own is not enough. But man, with God, we always say that all things are possible, right? Because He is more. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.